Good morning, Parkview. Blessings to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is wonderful to continue our worship of our Lord Jesus as we open up God's Word. My name is Wade. I'm one of your pastors, and it's a, it's a joy to be studying God's Word this morning. We're going to be in Deuteronomy 5, continuing our series in the Ten Commandments called Words to Live By. We'll be looking at Commandment 5 this morning, which is in verse 16, honoring Father and Mother. And let's remember why these Ten Commandments are here. You know, I, uh, I have a young boy, Haddon, and, you know, Legos and Hot Wheels are kind of the, the thing. And it's really important that when you get the Hot Wheels or get the Legos, uh, you read the instructions in order to enjoy the gift. And if you don't, uh, it's really hard. For someone like me, I'm terrible with instructions. I'm the kind of, you know, open the box, instructions, trash can. And let's try to figure this out, okay? But normally, and what I'm learning is if I don't know how to put it together, my son's not going to enjoy the gift I'm giving him. And so what we have in the Ten Commandments actually is God, our maker, his instructions for how we are to live life as humans made in his image with fullness of joy and peace, both in our relationship with him vertically and in our relationship with our neighbors horizontally. And so they are given to us from a father who loves us, given to us as instructions of love. And remember, the title of the series is not words to be saved by, but words to live by. Salvation throughout the whole of scripture is always the initiation of God's mercy given to his people as a gift, and obedience to God and his law is always a response to that grace. Same thing happens in the New Testament. We're saved in Christ by grace, through faith, embracing Jesus, and then you better believe, as Christians with new hearts filled with the Holy Spirit, we are called to obey the Lord Jesus. God's goal is to gain glory for himself by more and more people turning from their sin, embracing Jesus Christ as Lord, and then following in the ways of Jesus Christ. Obedience matters to God, not in terms of salvation, but in terms of response to who he is and what he has done to us, for us. So, I'm going to read this one verse, verse 16, commandment number five, and uh, this is God's word for us. Let's listen intently to God's word for us. Park, we hear God's word today. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. This is God's word. It is true and is given to us in love. Please pray with me. Father, we ask as always that you would help us see Jesus from this passage by the Holy Spirit. That is our greatest need. Father, many of us come into this room looking at the fifth commandment, talking about family and parenting and, 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 and kids honoring mother and father, Lord. And, and a lot of us come burdened, Father. A lot of us come ashamed, regret, wishing family life was different. It's not what we had hoped it was, Lord. Some of us come in rejoicing. We love the way our family is right now. Wonderful, Lord. Wherever we're at, we pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would speak a word of love and truth to our hearts, that we'd see Christ and respond to him. Help me come as a servant in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. Help us learn all that you teach, obey all that you command, and love all that you love. We ask this in the name of Christ. 
and for the good of your church. Amen. It's one of the world's greatest inventions. It allows people from around the world to connect to one another. It helps us carry information faster than we thought possible. It's increased economic output. It's helped us cross great obstacles. And many experts think this invention for modern life, as we now know it, could not be sustained with, without this invention being a part of our society. And what I'm talking about is the bridge. The bridge, whether it's the Golden Gate Bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge, London Bridge, whatever it is, your favorite bridge somewhere in the U.S., when functioning properly, bridges are the place where so much good can occur for us as humans. Yet, bridges can break. Bridges can fail. Many of us remember the deadly crash of the I-35W bridge in Minneapolis collapsing and the deadly consequences of that bridge's failure. Sadly, when bridges don't function properly, they become a place where so much bad can happen. And this basic insight into bridges gives us a window into the glory of the fifth commandment of honoring father and mother. And as it is a window, actually, to the whole of family life. Family being one of God's greatest inventions. In fact, if you look through history, society, societies that have flourished is always connected to the family life flourishing. Societies that have failed, societies that have crumbled, societies that have been filled with injustice so often have the same thing happening in family life. Now, the reason I'm using this image of a bridge is because many scholars believe that is what the fifth commandment is. It is a bridge. You can divide the Ten Commandments according to Jesus, right? He says the two great commandments, love God with all you got and love your neighbor as yourself. And those two basically divide the Ten Commandments. You have love for God, which is commandments one to four, teaching us, what is to worship God alone, to worship him according to his word, not to our invention of idols, to rest according to his Sabbath rest. Then you have the second set of commands, teaching us love for neighbor. God is a God of life, therefore we should not murder or speak wrongly against our neighbor. God is a God of covenant faithfulness, therefore we should resist sexual infidelity in any way in our marriages. God is a God of generosity, therefore we should not steal but live in generosity and stewardship to our neighbor. Love for God and love for neighbor. But right there in the middle is the fifth commandment. Because how is it that men and women, young men and women, any human really, how is it that we learn practically, specifically, because right, as we often say, it's more caught than taught. How do we learn in our everyday lives how to love God and how to love our neighbor? How does that happen? How does that learning process happen? The genius of our God, and therefore the genius of the fifth commandment, is that it's a bridge in which we move from God-centered worship to loving sacrificial service by looking to our mother and father in honor and respect and love and trust. You see, according to the Bible, there is a built-in mechanism in the bridge of family life that is designed by God as the primary training ground for you and me to learn how to love him and how to love others. 
Now, right when I say that, I know that there are probably many of us in this room that need numerous footnotes to that statement. Because not all of us have come from Christian homes where we are taught about the love of God and love of neighbor. Not all of us have come from healthy Christian homes where mom and dad should have known better to treat us with love and respect and affection and to help us know Jesus Christ and follow him. There are a multitude of ways in which there is a, you know, needing clarification and nuance to that. But it does not neglect the fact that God has created family as the location, the primary location where we are supposed to learn Jesus Christ and live for him as we love our neighbor. So that is the, the place of the fifth commandment. Now I want to look at, okay, very kind of just moving through the commandment. I want to look in detail at the fifth commandment, looking at four things, okay? The point, what does it mean, the point of the fifth commandment? The problem, okay, how is it that it goes wrong so often? Third, the person of the fifth commandment, and fourth, in the practice. So basically, it's actually three points, and the practice is just application. And so, you know, hang in there. Let's, let's learn God's word together. And my hope, I tried as best as I could through praying and reflecting on this to just think of a multitude of different kind of situations that we all come with, right? Because I know that as we enter into this, this place, family life is not easy. Family life is beautiful, and family life can be so broken. And so we need the wisdom of the fifth commandment from our Lord, and he's given it to us. So first, the point, the main point of the fifth commandment. It's actually pretty simple to understand. Look at the verse with me. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your, your God commanded you. Really, the key word we have to understand is honor. What does honor mean? Well, in Scripture, throughout Scripture, it's oftentimes used of honoring God or glorifying God. In the original Hebrew, it means weightiness or heaviness. We say, right, maybe with someone in our life, you know, say, wow, that, that guy or, or that, that girl, she carries a lot of, a lot of weight, right? Meaning, their position is held in high esteem. Their position is held in honor. So to honor God is to treat him with utmost respect, trust, and love. And the fifth commandment then says, therefore, we are to honor our parents, to view our parents, to speak to our parents, to speak about our parents, to interact with our parents with the utmost respect, trust, and love because of their God-given role in our lives to train us and form us as disciples of Jesus Christ to love God and love neighbor. That's the point. And then, then the command, right, is linked to a promise. Honor father and mother, the verse continues, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, this command is picked up in Ephesians 6 by the Apostle Paul and applied to the Christian and applied the promises to the Christian. And now these two promises, we have to understand long life and good life as we honor father and mother. We shouldn't think of these primarily as an automatic guarantee so that if you honor mom and dad, you're going to live until you're 93 automatically and life is going to be super easy for you. That's not how this promise works. What it is actually is a key principle at work, a general pattern Maybe not an automatic guarantee, but a pattern that we see worked out time and time again most of the time. And it is this. Lovingly respecting your mother and father, receiving their wisdom, receiving their care and, 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 and love in your life, 
and responding with respect will most likely set you up to enjoy the blessings life long in the land the life may go well with you enjoy the blessings of knowing God and serving your neighbor fruitfully in reverse disobeying mom and dad most often not every time but most often sets you up to live a life of a misery since what's happening in the home according to how scripture teaches us will be multiplied as you leave the home and go to your work life and try to build friendships and try to live in a marriage and have kids etc etc that the home is a microcosm that the patterns you li- you learn as a young kid growing up in your home most often can be multiplied throughout your life unless God intervenes with his mercy and power in the gospel of Christ. And so if you don't know how to honor the authority God has given to your parents in your home, how is it that you'll ever respect your boss? How is it that you'll ever actually treat your spouse with tenderness and affection and words of love instead of harshness and anger? Honor your father and mother. So here are some practical ways this can work itself out. To honor your father and mother, it means if you're young, it means obeying mom and dad. Now, of course, if mom and dad are telling you things that disobey God or that are harmful for you, don't obey them. But most of the time, mom and dad really want to help you out. And so obey them. Listen to them. If you're older, parents in your later years, it means caring for them. Honoring your father and mother means caring for them. Maybe you can't do it financially, but maybe it means emotionally. Maybe it means praying for them on a regular basis. Maybe it means for you encouraging them, calling them on the phone. Whatever it looks like, you're called to care for your parents. If you are any age, okay, it means praising your mom and dad, whether they're with you, present, or not with you, and you're speaking about them to a friend. If you're any age, it's talking respectfully to them. If you are any age child, right, 65-year-old child in the room, 55, 45, 35, 25, 10, 15, 5 year old. It's about looking to your parents to teach you about learning Christ. Mom, Dad, help me understand why is it that you've stayed faithful to Jesus all of these years? Opening your heart to your parents' instruction. That's what it means to honor them. Now, we could keep going, right? I was just telling Thomas Hoke, I mean, we could have a 17-part series on just how to obey the fifth commandment. We probably could do that for every commandment, right? But you get the point. The point is, God has placed our mother and father in our lives to, so that we can lovingly respect them as God, God's gift to us to form us into the image of Jesus Christ. And again, caveat footnote i know there's broken homes we'll get to that but god's pattern is clear in his word that the family is the primary location where we learn love for him and love for others therefore we need to honor our father and our mother so we've seen the place of the fifth commandment as this unique bridge of family life we've seen the point of the fifth commandment but now for honest the bridges our family lives have some faulty wiring. And there are two problems we most often encounter as we seek to embrace the fifth commandment. So we're in the third point now, okay? Third point has just two little subpoints, okay? Two problems we, we face as we try to embrace the, the, the fifth commandment. One is sin. The second is suffering. Sin, we often fail 
to obey the fifth commandment were all failures <laughs> in one way or another of the fifth commandment. The second is suffering. We, probably most of us, have been hurt in some form or fashion by someone not obeying the fifth commandment. So the first problem, sin. Simply put, ever since Genesis 3, when our first parents, Michael Height, where are you, brother? Love you, brother. That's exactly right. You went all the way back to the beginning of Scripture, as we should with most everything in the Bible. It all comes back to the first chapters of Genesis. Genesis 3 shows us our first parents bought into the lie that they could become like God. And the human heart ever since has had an allergic reaction to authority, whether God's authority or other people's authority. The great 16th century theologian Martin Luther comments on the fifth commandment. He said this, Why do you think the world is now so full of unfaithfulness, shame, misery, and murder? It is because all people want to be their own lords and to be free of all authority, to care nothing for anyone, and to do whatever they please. That's the problem. That's the sin problem. This refusal to respect authority, especially parental authority, has only been increased. I mean, we probably all know this. It's only been increased in our contemporary individualistic culture of feelism and social media. Feelism, I mean, where one's own personal feelings and desires are now celebrated as the primary authority for how you should be making decisions for who you are and how you live your life. And then on social media, what's happening, especially among our young people, is as they pursue the feelism of our culture, social media friends affirm, like, retweet, whatever it is, Instagram, TikTok, anything they say that expresses that individual desire of being my true self in rejection of authority. And then we have this issue of therefore not wanting to listen to mom or dad. But the problem is not kids these days. Okay? The problem is not Gen Z or millennials or whatever generation. Sin has infected all of us. So whether you're a 55-year-old child or a 15-year-old child, Instead of praising our parents, we often discourage them with how we talk. And oftentimes, right, we might be nice to them in front of their face, and then when we're with friends, we can disparage them. Instead of obeying our parents, we often resist their wisdom. Instead of forgiving our parents, we hold on to bitterness. Forgiving your parents is a form of honoring them and loving them. But many of us might still be holding on to bitterness and anger at mother or father for their failures. And their failures are legit. Yes, of course they've hurt you, but we are called by the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive. Instead of learning from our parents about Christ, we oftentimes think when they open their mouth again and again talking about God, it just sounds like utter foolishness. There's so many ways, and again, I could go on and on and on. The reality is we've all sinned and failed the fifth commandment in some form or fashion. That's problem one. The second problem, though, is suffering. Not only have we sinned against God and others, We've also been sinned against by those who have rejected the wisdom of the fifth commandment. Some of us have heard our children shame us in anger. They've probably used words against you that wouldn't even be allowed on public television. Others of us have not heard an encouraging word from our kids or even a thank you in a very, very long time, and it's beginning to wear on our soul. Some of us here are losing our hope that our defiant child or our wayward child, our wandering child, will ever come back to Jesus Christ. Others of us have tried again 
and again, to speak words of loving counsel, use words of gentleness, give wisdom, give care to a struggling child, only for them in the long run to shut the door in your face and give you the middle finger of, de of defiance, whether actually or proverbially. Here's what I'm trying to say. The bridge of the fifth commandment is glorious. Family life is glorious according to our Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, family life has been so broken. So many of us are suffering today either the shame of failure or the way that we have been on the receiving end of other people's failure of the fifth commandment. And so we can be looking at family life as a crisis. And so what the Lord Jesus wants to say to you today, Parkview Church, is that there is hope for you even in the midst of your worst family crisis. This is the third point, the person of the fifth commandment. No matter the problems you have in your life because of a failure to embrace the fifth commandment or the problems in your life that you are suffering and experiencing because of your kid's failure to obey the fifth commandment. Jesus Christ is the one person who has come to fix, we might say, our faulty, broken bridges. Because think of who Jesus is fundamentally. Have you ever thought of this, Parkview? He is the Son of God the Father. The Son of God the Father. Did you notice that the baptism of Jesus Christ, what do we see? We see the window open on ultimate reality. And ultimate reality, according to the Bible, is God the Father delighting and loving his perfect Son in the joy and power of the Holy Spirit. God the Trinity is the only perfect family in the universe. And that's hope for us in the midst of all of our broken, damaged families in whatever form or fashion they take. And through Jesus Christ, God has infiltrated this broken world filled with fifth commandment sinning and suffering. And through Jesus, he has come to bring the perfect love of the perfect family to any and every person who understands the brokenness of what happens when humans rebel against the fifth commandment. Parkview, do you know what the gospel of Jesus Christ says to us today? If you are struggling there with your sin, the gospel of Jesus Christ says Christ alone is the perfect son, the obedient child of the Father. As you read the gospels, have you ever noticed two things? When Jesus was a young boy, the gospel of Luke, how he's obeying his mother and father, and yet he has this ultimate preference and love for his heavenly father and obedience to his heavenly father. And of course, that obedience to the heavenly father, Philippians 2, leads him to the cross. And did you notice that on the cross in the gospel of John, as Jesus Christ, the son of God, is being crucified, what does he do? He turns to his father, or to his mother, and he provides care for his mother through his friend John as Jesus on the cross. Talk about honoring father and mother. Jesus Christ is the person who has taken a hold of the fifth commandment, plunged it deep in his heart, and both with his divine heavenly father 
and his earthly parents, he has fully obeyed what the Lord has called us to live. And this is why this is good news, because all of us have failed. And yet the cross of Jesus Christ, Jesus embraces our failures as the perfect son of God, taking upon himself the punishment we deserve for our disobedience to God. That's the good news of Jesus Christ today for any and all of us. And yet for those of us who are suffering, feeling that our family is in crisis, the bottom of life has jumped out, you also need to look at the suffering Son of God on the cross. As author Russell Moore said, the cross of Jesus Christ is the greatest family crisis in the history of the world, where Jesus the Son is crying out to his Father, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? Why is this such a mess? And in that cry is our cry of, Father, why is my family life such a mess? Why are things so shattered? Why are things so broken? That's the cross of Christ. It's Jesus embracing it all upon himself and burying it in death and rising again to newness of life. Why? So that he can send forth his Holy Spirit and begin renewing and restoring and being present with you, comforting you in the midst of your family crisis. In the midst of your suffering, you know a Savior who's been there before. That's the cross of Jesus Christ and what the good news of the gospel is speaking to you today in the midst of your pain and disappointment as you think about the fifth commandment. So let's practice the fifth commandment together. In light of who Jesus is, okay, we have to cling to Jesus, look at him in response to who Jesus is, what he's done for us. How then do we obey? How can we start gaining traction in our family life toward health and wholeness? I got a handful of things to say here. First, if you are someone who's not yet embraced Jesus Christ, if you're someone who has not yet turned from your sin and embraced Jesus, you won't claim to be a Christian, the, the application or how this works out in your life is very simple. It's just come to Jesus Christ. And you find in him a perfect love. Maybe you're here today you're not yet a Christian, and your family life just feels like a t- constant burden. Jesus offers you a new way of being human in the midst of your family environment, where you get to learn from him patterns of kindness and gentleness. And he gives to you his forgiveness. Would you come to Jesus Christ, admitting your sin against him, and receive his forgiveness freely? Second, families. There are some families in here. I have noticed How does the fifth commandment kind of work itself out in your life together? Well, very simply, here's what I would do. I would encourage you, as a family, to have a conversation about the fifth commandment either today or in the next 24 hours, okay? Because by the next 24 hours, I get it. As a pastor, I understand. You forget this sermon in probably four hours from now. Okay, I I understand that, and it's wonderful. So as soon as possible, whether you're eating lunch or whatever, going, driving to 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 your home in the car, have a conversation about the fifth commandment. Kids here in the room, teenagers, ask your mom this question. Ask your dad this question. Mom or dad, how can I better honor you? And then watch them skyrocket to the moon in joy, okay? But just, and just allow yourself, and I'm, I've been talking to you, and maybe you think, man, my mom and dad, it's just always a struggle with them right now. Okay. But just try. Jesus loves you, so just try. Ask them, how can I better honor you? 
Parents, ask your child, ask your teenager, honey, whatever your nickname is for your kid, dude, bro, uh, <laughs> how can I, how can I be the type of mom or dad that makes it easy for you to honor me? How can I help you live in obedience to Jesus Christ and this commandment? Open your heart. Again, right now, it might be total chaos and disaster mode in your home with your kids. Okay. But Jesus loves you, and he's been crucified on a cross, and he's been raised from death, and you can have this conversation. Could you imagine Parkview Church? If we all had these conversations, what type of church this would become more and more? If we just humbly opened ourselves, kids to parents, father and mother to kids, and just had these honest dialogues. How can I better help you and love you, mom or dad? How can I better help you, love you, son or daughter? Have the conversation, okay? Third person I want to apply this to and practice this, okay? Uh, children, especially teens, I've already gotten to this a little bit, okay? You guys are incredible, and life is tough right now. Life is tough. Just living as a teenager right now in this culture, yikes. The Lord Jesus has big and glorious expectations of you right now, even as a teenager. I know it's hard, but Jesus is good, and you can, by the help of the Holy Spirit, actually obey the fifth commandment. Not perfectly. I'm not talking about perfection. But you can begin heading in the direction of faithfulness to Jesus Christ if you are a kid today. In our culture today, Kids are expected either, one, to think mom and dad are total losers, or two, blame all of their problems on their mom or dad. So how about this? One, what if you created a counter-revolution, radical revolution in the midst of your peers and forgave your mom and dad for whatever failures they have? And second, what if you actually began speaking well about your mom or dad? and speaking well to your mom and dad. Not being so snippy and sassy in responding, but because of Jesus Christ, having words of thankfulness and encouragement. Very simply, this means two things. Number one, some of you here today as young kids or older kids, you need to repent of your sin of disobeying the fifth commandment. And then repentance includes two things. Repentance to Jesus and repentance to your parents. Some of you just need to admit Mom or dad, my attitude has been atrocious. Please forgive me. Second thing you could do is you could just speak one word every week of why you are thankful for your mom or dad. That's just one simple way that you can obey the fifth commandment right now. So driving home, say, hey, mom or dad, I love you and here's why. You can do it. You can do it. And by doing that, you start a revolution because I bet you your friends who don't know Christ, are not doing that. Parents, speaking specifically to you now, make your home, make your home the primary location where you're helping your young man or woman know Jesus Christ, love him, and love neighbor. That can look a gazillion ways. Right now, for the Yurigs at home, it looks like this, seven minutes, and there's more than this. Obviously, there's focused Bible time, and there's kind of throughout the day, both and, okay? But right now, seven minutes, what's happening is we read like two or three sentences from the Psalms. I ask Haddon, 
uh, about either like the main phrase or the main word. I say, you know, what does this psalm say? Does it say, remember God? And then he says, member. Or does it talk about unity? He says, unity. Okay, and, that, and then we'd spend 15 seconds praying, God, give us unity in our church and help us love people. And we're done within seven minutes, seven minutes. That's just one way. I'm not saying, then therefore copy me. I'm just saying, we all have to take steps to looking at our family life as the primary place where we're helping our kids know Jesus Christ and live for him, okay? Now, broken homes, okay? I understand that there are many of us in this situation right now uh, where family life doesn't look normal. It's crazy or chaotic or it has been crazy and chaotic. It's dysfunctional. It's broken. Mom or dad are present or whatever, okay? So then a few, a few applications to those from broken homes where home life is not as ideal as we wish it was, okay? If you are right now in a home filled with abuse, I'll be very careful here because it could be present right now in this room. If you're in that situation, honoring your father and mother does not mean allowing them to continue, but instead, call the authorities. Talk to me, one of the pastors, one of the elders, a trusted authority to get involved. Honoring father and mother in a context of abuse means trying your best to stop them what they're doing. Most often, that's going to mean get outside help of wise, godly, trained people to help you so that they might be confronted with their sin, convicted of it, and repent and follow Jesus Christ. It also might mean you need to separate fully for a long season from mom or dad. I don't know. But if it is happening, there are ways that you can move forward, and we want to help. What if parents are not Christians? Well, you can respect them by listening to them, but your primary allegiance is to Jesus Christ. And so if mom or dad don't like how you're following Jesus or tell you something that's contrary to God's word, you say, thank you, but I respectfully disagree because my primary allegiance is to Jesus. So you can listen to them, yes, and dialogue with them on decisions or whatever it is, but you can still choose to follow Jesus Christ. This is also why the local church, if you don't have believing parents, the local church is so wonderful because it's the spiritual family of Christ. We've been adopted into Christ, into his family, and we learn from older, wiser, godly men and women to help us follow the ways of Jesus. What if you don't have parents, either by abandonment or by death? Again, the church of Jesus Christ is your spiritual family, where older, godly mothers and fathers can help you live for Jesus Christ. Again, we need the whole church to be eagerly helping one another grow in Jesus Christ, because the family life is not perfect right now. And so we need to help each other. Others of you struggle right now because your parents have certain character flaws that continue to discourage you. What I would say to that is, as one uh, discipleship book from many, many years ago said, is that you have to patiently bear with their failures since it's God's will to love us through them. It might not be easy for you, but could you pray for them? Could you, as best as you can, find that one little thing where they are doing well and try to encourage that and nourish that? There are different ways you could obey this. Finally, for all of us, let's keep remembering who Jesus Christ is. From the Father, the Son coming into our world to restore and to redeem family life. And through Jesus Christ, God's great plan is to recreate sinful suffering men and women through the death of his Son 
so that we can overflow in obedience to the fifth commandment. So families can become strong bridges where we're learning love for God and love for neighbor. That is God's heart for this church from his word through the fifth commandment by Christ. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we ask for your power by your spirit. Take these truths, whatever it is that these people need to hear, what we need to hear, sitting under your word, take these truths, plant them deep in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, and then bear fruit, Lord. We want to see families renewed. We want to see uh, children just rejoicing and loving mother and father, mother and father loving and caring for, for kids. So whatever the situation looks like, Lord, bring your healing, bring your power, bring your strength and encouragement today, I pray. For Christ's sake, amen.